Hey, it's Jed Hearn, host of Wizards, Warriors, and Words. If you're enjoying the writing advice on this show, you might like my new podcast, The Jed Hearn Show, where every week I share the best fantasy writing advice that I've learned from publishing three fantasy novels and a best-selling video game. There's over 12 episodes that you can listen to right away, including my top 10 fantasy books of all time, how to make fantasy names that don't suck, two rules that make writing effortless, and my complete summaries of Brandon Sanderson's and Neil Gaiman's writing classes, and much more. Check it out by searching for The Jed Hearn Show in your podcast app. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Wizards, Warriors and Words, a fantasy writing advice podcast. I'm Jed Hearn, author of The Thunder Heist, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, starting with Rob. Oh, hi, I'm, I'm Rob J. Hayes, author of Spirits of Vengeance, which uh, this is going out on Monday, I guess, so this is out tomorrow. Heck yeah, I'm excited for that one. <laughs> and Mike. Hi, I am Michael R. Fletcher, author of Norilska Groans and Ghosts of Tomorrow, among other books. Awesome. Uh, and we would normally be joined by Dirk, but Dirk can't make this episode's recording. So he is with us in spirit. If you see a freaky ghost in the background anywhere you or you hear, there we go. There's a little, uh, Rob's holding up a little. Well, I'll just be piece quiet for a long time and pretend that he's talking. Yeah. <laughs> Dirk can sit in the corner of our frame. Um, yeah. So he's not here for this episode, but he is with us in spirit. And today's episode comes from a listener question. Uh, listener wrote in saying, I absolutely love your podcast. Would like to hear about writing a good friendship. And this is a topic that I find quite interesting because I think when I look at the stories that I find really re-readable, they're often stories that have great friendships between different characters. The Harry Potter books are a very obvious example of this. Um, to a lesser extent, I think the Lies of Locke Lamora, the Gentleman Bastard series, has some really good central friendships in that, which make it very entertaining to read. Um, to start things off, for Rob and Mike, how important do you think good friendships between different characters are, or interesting friendships are, in the stories that you like to read or write? I've never really thought about friendships, per se, so much as relationships. Mm -hmm. uh, and relationships are, obviously, are, are critical in your stories, um, just because that's, you know, that's life. Um, because of the kind of stuff that I like to write, I tend to uh, dig into sort of unbalanced relationships. And they can be the friendships, um, but as with many probably real friendships, you know, it's uh, not necessarily on equal sitting. Um, you know, you've got, you know, half the party sort of has more power or um, 
I remember thinking when I was a kid, like back in high school, you know, first dating, it was like, you know, whoever has the most problems rules the relationship. And that, that idea kind of stuck with me. It's not necessarily true, but, um, certainly agree with that. (laughs) Well, I think it's, it's not too much like whoever has the most problems, but it's whoever is the most emotional about their problems often is the one who is in, in charge in a sense, you know, like if, if one of you is like, I've stubbed my toe, it hurts. And the other person's like, ah, I've stubbed my toe. This is the worst thing in the world. Like, obviously your attention is going to the person who is more emotionally. As somebody who is always quietly broken in the background. Yeah. I never ruled the relationship. The person who's (laughs) open is the one who's going to essentially rule it. Um, Whereas the person who's closed is the one who's going to sit there and suffer in silence. Wow. Dropping some, (laughs) dropping some wisdom bombs on this podcast, guys. This is good. The relationship show. Which yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> that's, oh, that's it. We'll, we'll turn it into the agony aunt show. Uh, listeners, <laughs> write in. We'll try and solve your relationship problems. <laughs> that would actually be pretty cool. If you, have, if you have similar things like that and you don't mind us talking about it with absolutely zero skill or training, please send them in. Um, <laughs> sorry, Mike, continue with your point. Uh, uh, what was that? Oh, unbalanced uh, relationships, mm. friendships. I mean, for me, um, there's got to be some um, combination, some sharing of goals, mm-hmm. and some differences as well. Um, there's got to be some tension in the friendship. Um, and I, I don't know why. I, maybe it's just because of like the kind of friends that I have. Uh, humor has to be like a, a big part of it. Um, I, I find that like those those funny moments those little quick little barbs, quick little bits of banter um, can really kind of hammer home a, a friendship or a relationship much better than a long drawn out emotional scene. Especially if you have yeah, like little, little if, you, if you can somehow have a little in-joke between the characters that, that is still funny to the reader who's essentially not in on the joke, those can be really good at helping to just build the idea that it's... Uh, it's like it, it can be a long-standing relationship you know say you've got like a couple of characters who have known each other for their entire lives or whatever having those little those little moments uh, are great for just convincing that this relationship is real it's been going on a long time um i also find there's there's an ease like if you have friends who have known each other forever there is a certain ease to re- the relationship that they just you know sort of uh, understanding maybe not agreeing with but there's there's just that sort of like idea of understanding and just it's it's easy um even even with tension the relationship itself is easy and i think that's that's another good one to to make sure that it really feels like the characters have known each other for a while and with those in jokes and and past mentions between characters that stuff can actually be really easy to write especially if you leave it kind of vague even if it's as simple as being like, oh, this is just like that time back in Azane or whatever. And the other character laughs at that or like says, oh, don't talk about that. I don't want to mention that thing again or whatever. You can just do these really little sort of vague things. And it's an easy way to build that sense that there's a shared history and this shared backstory between characters. And it's cool because, yeah, you just leave it vague. And it's basically the character reaction that tells readers, oh, okay, this is something that's meaningful and important between the two of them. I think, Mike, you've hit on a key point there though which is that the relationships that are usually most interesting in a story are ones that have an element of tension to it and that's why when 
I think about a lot of good like fictional relationships and friendships, they are actually not really friendships that you would necessarily want to have in real life, but they're interesting to read about because there is that tension between them. And it very may well be the case that these two characters do not get along for 80% of the book. And they're just sort of forced together. They're forced into this journey uh, with each other. But like through the bantering between them, they kind of grow together in their pursuit of this shared goal. And even though it's not necessarily a friendship per se until maybe the end, it's still a very interesting relationship to read about because you're kind of following this progression from maybe rivals through to grudging allies through to then friends. And I think that that progression is a really fun part of reading relationships and stories as well. Yeah, and I think I'd throw in, uh, kind of treat it like like real life. We are we're different people depending on who we're with, uh, and I, I think it's true of everybody. You know, with like one friend, you know, you might be funnier. You've got more of a laughing, joking relationship with another friend. It's more serious. You know, with uh, like a girlfriend or spouse or significant other. You know, it's it's different again. And if you can show that. In, in your story, if you can have three people traveling together and interacting differently with each other in a way that like readers are gonna pick up on. And that's fantastic character building moments there, not just for your main character, but for, for your background characters, that kind of shit, it really subtly, I think can um, bring to life your characters. Yeah, it just shows the complexity that exists in, in real life relationships. That's, um, I'm reading a book that mentions basically exactly what you're saying right now, which is called Character by Rob McKee. It's really good about halfway through. And yeah, he's just had a whole chapter about how people behave totally differently depending on the social context they're in. You know, you're subservient with your boss, like maybe you're like demeaning to the, the workers that are underneath you in an organization maybe with your family, you're like really impatient or annoying or whatever it is. And yeah, I think if you can show that in your book in a way that feels consistent with your character, like that will really elevate you quite highly above a lot of other authors. Because I, I think a lot of authors do approach it in the sense of this character is funny. So therefore they're funny with their boss. They're funny with their inferiors. They're funny with their friends. And really it's probably a case of, okay, maybe that's what they're like when they have their guard down, but when they have these different masks on around certain different people, they behave in these other ways. So yeah, I think that's that's a great point, Mike. Really like that. Thanks. It's also a good way to have, to, to sort of increase the, the tension, especially if you have multiple characters, say they're sort of traveling, journeying together, and they have those sort of different relationships between them. Like if you have like a couple traveling together with another person who's also a friend, that can be really weird. Cause I don't know if you guys have noticed couples are fucking weird. Like, <laughs> they do weird things and it's yes. just, it's fine between them. But as an outside observer, you'll be like, what are you doing? <laughs> 100%. And that's one of the most satisfying things in, in particularly big fantasy stories where you have a large cast of characters that might be operating in their own little groups is bringing all those groups together and then seeing how they collide when they're in an environment where all of these people are there rather than just one person at a time. Like that's one of my favorite things to see with these big epic fantasy series is when, you know, you might start following these people in different parts of the continent and then gradually they get together and then the ways that they interact are often quite unexpected and rewarding. Um, oh yeah, those moments of collision are, are mm. awesome. They're definitely something that as a reader, you you look forward to, you like, 
yes. you, you want to see how they're going to interact, what's going to happen, which sparks are going to fly. Um, so that can definitely be something that's fun to include. Absolutely. Um, so we're going to pause this episode for a second just to talk about a cool thing that I've launched recently. Um, so I have created a new writing advice newsletter called Wednesday Writing, sorry, Writing Advice Wednesday. I already got the name wrong. That's a solid start. And <laughs> basically what it is, is it's a really short two minute newsletter that goes out every Wednesday where I share three ideas about the craft of writing from myself, two quotes from other writers, and one question for you to ponder. So if you're watching on the YouTube channel right now, I'm just going to share my screen and you'll be able to see what my um, one, what one of those newsletters look like, uh, if I can get it up on here. Uh, how the music plays in the background. <laughs> It'll be worth it. We're not childish. Um, no, not at all. Okay, here we go. Uh, all right. You guys should probably have to see this as well. Um, yeah, so this is the uh, example of the first newsletter that's gone out. Um, so talking about engaging pros, blank pages, and a writer's highest priority. Um, so if you're watching on YouTube, you can see this, but basically, yeah, I just share three different ideas about writing from myself. Um, you know, this is showing us the porn you're downloading in the background, right? Wait, what? <laughs> uh, that is the premium subscription model, uh, which which costs costs extra if you if you want to be part of that. Uh, if you, if you want to see what's be below the Zoom it. screen, then that's the that's the <laughs> model you can sign up to. Um, yeah, so basically, yeah, three ideas for myself, uh, two quotes from other people, and then a question for you to consider. After this episode airs, uh, two days after this episode airs. Um, I will actually be posting an audio version of this first newsletter. So if you're just listening to the podcast right now and you're like, I can't read this because you're showing it on the screen, just hold on for two days and an audio version of that will be out on the podcast feed. Um, so to get that newsletter, it's totally free. You can just go to jedhern.com forward slash Wednesday. Uh, the link to that is also in the show notes below. Uh, so jedhern.com forward slash Wednesday. And we'll see how it goes. This is an experiment, but I've got a lot of various index cards of writing advice that I've accumulated over the years um, and a lot of different writing advice books I've read. So would love to share this with you guys in a very concise and digestible format. And uh, now back to the episode. You are so damn organized. You have reference cards. Crazy. Yeah, I can show you some of them actually. So these are, these are a couple of the ones for writing stuff here. Um, I don't know if you can see, but behind me down here, those are all my index cards here. <laughs> Jesus. So um, I've got them for various topics. So there's like great questions, cognition and critical thinking, um, meaning, purpose and motivation, productivity, uh, relationships and emotional intelligence, and then just random curiosity gems and a bunch of other stuff there as well. So yeah, I found it really useful because I'm sure you guys have had this, this experience of you're reading a book and you're like, damn, that's so profound. I really want to remember this. And then you get two pages later and you've totally forgotten about it. Um, so yeah, I just try to write down little gems of wisdom whenever I come across them and it's accumulated quite substantially. Um, so yeah, these are, all the, these are all the ones that are specifically about writing stuff. There's not as many here because I've only sort of tracked that recently. But yeah, we've got a Stephen King quote Surely in there. We need to go through all of our old episodes and write down all of these pearls of wisdom that we drop. Yeah, well, I think I do have a couple of things that you guys have said down in my index cards. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're down there somewhere. Um, 
or if not, maybe I've just appropriated them and I'm like, oh, I've, I've come up with this by myself when really it was, it was Mike saying something right. wise, like the young shall do many drugs to provide maximum creative freedom. I seem to recall that from a previous that does, that does sound like me, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the advocate um, of party. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, anyway, thanks for letting me sidetrack the episode for, to mention those weird projects. Um, give us a choice. No, basically, it's it's not a democracy. It's a dictatorship. Thanks for recognizing that, Mike. Very much appreciate it. That's massive. Um, you get your food for the rest of the week. Well done. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we don't feed Mike at all. That's That's a dangerous idea. Um, yeah, so what do you guys reckon, <laughs> coming back to the, the topic at hand, I'd be very curious to know what friendships or relationships in books that you've read did you enjoy the most? There's, I mean, it, it's one of those, that's, that's an incredibly hard question to, to answer because there's, there's so many and there's so many different types of uh, relationship. Um, you mentioned Locke and, well, uh, Lies of Locke Lamora. Um, and I did find Locke and um, Jean to be really, they, had, they just had that, it was that ease of friendship. Yeah, there was tension. Yeah, they sparked off each other. But at the end of the day, they always had each other's back and they knew which way the other one was going to jump most of the time. Mm. And I, I, I love that sort of relationship between them. It really, really came across that they were, they were good friends as well as allies. Um, and I, the, those, some of those relationships are definitely the, the, the ones that I find most fun to read about. Those ones where the, the characters just know each other so well that they have each other's back and, you know, they're always there to, to help out and protect each other, even when they don't agree. Yes. Um, yes. Different opinions, same values. So that, those, that, that was definitely a friendship that I found a very compelling one. I've read about yeah I, I love that I think that's probably the one that comes to my mind as the best like fictional friendship between two characters in a book series that I can remember reading and I think it's the fact that they that series really they are friends for pretty much from the ages of six to presumably their mid-20s when the the books are taking place so I think it really to your point Mike about having that sense of that sense of ease around friendships um it really helps that they do these flashbacks showing them, you know, like becoming friends when they're younger orphans and sticking up for each other and helping each other get out of scrapes 20 years ago. And then now showing them in the present, also sticking up for each other, also helping each other get out of scrapes. And that sense of time and the shared history between them really creates a high, a high degree of realism, I think, to that relationship. And yeah, there's so many good points where it looks like one of them might betray each other or they disagree so strongly about what they're doing, but they still really respect each other and they still fundamentally have these same core values. I think that's a kind of cool way to structure it, is like put tension in there and then sort of underlie it with these core values or I think Mike, you were saying before, this idea of having a shared goal that they're working towards. Um, and that creates, yeah, a, a good sense of realism while also having conflict and also being interesting to, to read about. Mike, what would you say are some of the relationships or friendships that stand out for you? Uh, the best book I've read recently for that would be Crystal Matar's Legacy of the Brightwash. We mm -hmm. had her on last week or whatever. Yes. Uh, she actually took a, a neat approach to it. So um, she's got characters with, uh, who are friends uh, or in relationships um 
some who have shared goals, some who have maybe slightly clashing goals, but they're still friends because just because you're friends doesn't mean you all want the same thing. And, um, and then just sort of the added tension is even though they're friends, um, they often have some sort of some core, uh, core values that, that clash a little bit, mm. uh, you know, whether it's upholding the law or loyalty to family, because these two things can clash, right? Yes. Uh, and for me, like she did that amazingly well. Um, they were like really well done friendships and relationships in that they were kind of um, kind of ugly sometimes, and they were they were tested, they were tried, um, and you know that that tension uh, she does uh, relationships like amazingly well i mean that is such a character book and if, if you're going to have a character driven book like you got to be good at relationships yes or making them ugly <laughs> so you're gonna be bad at relationships in real life and then translate that into your stories or be yeah. really good at your relationships in real life and be like what's the exact opposite of what i would do in this situation i think that's um that's a cool way of looking at it in the sense of like maybe a good question that writers could ask themselves as they're developing these relationships is like, why will, and you can ask this for each of your characters, why will this character love this other character? And why will they also hate this character? And if you can find a way to hold those two aspects in your mind, then that will probably lead to a very interesting dynamic between the friendship, because it will, it'll mean that this char- these characters have an amazing, like a reason why they really, really respect each other. And then also disagree completely on some, you know, fundamental values that underpin that and that constant tension between them should make for some interesting stories. It also leads to another sort of question that you could uh, ask yourself as a writer, which is what would it take to break the friendship? Mm. You know, if, if you have these two characters who are, who have this, this type friendship, there is still a level where it will break. Yes. So, what will it take? What what does one of them need to do to break the, that friendship? Um, which can also lead to some interesting things in writing of, well, what happens if you do break the relationship? If, if you break that friendship, you know, how do the characters split off from, from one another? And yeah, can it, can it be mended again? Or is it once broken, is it, you know, irre- there? Irrevocably, I can't say that word right now. Irrevocably destroyed. Irrevocably broken. <laughs> can't be Nailed it. First time. Nice. <laughs> we'll fix that in post. Yeah. If I could be bothered to edit these things. <laughs> but no, no, I so like that, Rob. I like that. There's, there's always that idea of you, you know you have these. They, they, they like to say their tropes. Everybody really likes to say everything's a trope. But you have the the friends to enemies, the enemies to friends tropes. Mm um all of those sorts of things and yeah every single person who bitches about tropes or talks about them at all that's like (laughs) you being there for a reason reason to sort of like poo poo or ignore something it's like fuck up just read the fucking book and find out what the writer did cool or not you know yeah but like oh it's got this trope (laughs) (laughs) well it's like complaining that books have tropes is like complaining that it also uses capital letters and full stops of course it uses basic elements of story structure <laughs> like without that it's just a shambling hallucinogenic mess so <laughs> very happy with that so one of fletcher's books 
It does actually. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mike, bit of a pot shot at you there, but no, Rob, I, I love that question of, yeah, what will it take to break this friendship? Because I think another cool thing about friendships and deep relationships between characters is that people who like people who are friends with a particular character are probably the ones best equipped to attack their unique weaknesses in a way that a antagonist probably can't. So, you know, if you have uh, your big scary bad that's running around trying to kill your main character, they are kind of like a physically and maybe like psychologically intimidating threat, but the main character's best friend is probably providing more emotional conflict in that story because they know all of the main character's insecurities. They have that backstory together. And it means that if things do turn sour between them, they can actually be the most effective one at harming them. And I think a good example, and I'll try to steer clear of spoilers, although this is an old, old book, is Best Served Cold by Joe Abercrombie, um, which, Mike, I know you're, you've read. You read that like about a year ago now, I think, um, or reread it. And yeah, I just finished it recently. And it's incredible for doing what you're saying, Rob, in the sense of, it takes these two different characters, Monza, who's the main character, and Shivers, who is uh, this other character as well. And it sort of takes them from just nothing through to like allies, through to friends, through to lovers. And then Abercrombie does the classic thing where you're like, hang on, they've ended up in a loving relationship, but it's only the middle of a book. What's going on here? And it's because things don't just end happily ever after in a Joe Abercrombie novel and it splinters from there. And they are so, they provide like the core of the conflict for each other in the second half of the book because they have known, grown to know each other very, very well. And it means that they can attack each other's individual weaknesses so well um, throughout the rest of the novel. So I thought that was a, a great example of a very complicated relationship. And even the relationships between all the characters in that book, as with, anything that Abercrombie writes really were just stellar. Um, and there's a lot of the cases where, you know, the, the different characters in this, this central crew of seven that is trying to get this revenge mission done, they all have their kind of individual spokes of relationships with each other uh, in a way that makes it feel very fleshed out and realistic as well. All right. So uh, any last thoughts before we wrap up this particular episode? Uh, I'd say do a little uh, reading on psychology, understand that uh, uh, people react differently, have different filters depending on who they're with. Um, uh, men tend to treat women differently than they treat other men. Um, same with women. Um, age matters, you know, like if you're dealing with a kid, you're going to sort of talk differently and interact differently. Chances are use different filters. You know, just try and um, write something with a, a hint of reality. Yeah, just be good, basically. Just yeah, just be awesome. Just be, yeah. just be awesome. It comes naturally, <laughs> or you can't write. You just gotta give up. <laughs> Fifty episodes in, the secret is out. This podcast won't help you at all. It's all genetics. There's no skill involved. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just think uh, look at look at your own friendships. See what see what drives them. See you know how yeah you act like. You know, you, you meet up with a bunch of friends and uh, it might be that you know each other so well that you just bounce jokes of each other. Insults don't mean anything because you know each other that well that you can insult each other, but it's it's fine because you're still, you're friends. That's what you do. Exactly. But then you meet up with, with other friends and yeah, it might be completely different. It might be much more sort of emotional um, in that sort of sense. So yeah, just, just take from real life, I suppose. 
Awesome. All right. Well, that's been a really good episode. Uh, once again, if you want to check out that new writing advice newsletter that I've just started up, go to jedhern.com forward slash Wednesday. The link to that will also be in the show notes down below. Uh, thank you also to our patrons for supporting this episode. Um, and a special thank a special shout out to our high tier patron, Daniel Henderson. If you are not already on Patreon, get on there now because Rob Hayes has a free advanced reader copy of Spirits of Vengeance, his latest Mortal Techniques novel, exclusive on our Patreon um, as well, even though it will come out tomorrow for, for everyone to buy. But you can get it for free if you go onto our Patreon. So go onto our Patreon. Look at that thick boy. It's a lovely thick book. It's got some great graphic design on it, great author name on it, um, and some amazing cover. Oh, that's pretty. Rob's showing the inside of the book it's got. Is that on the hardcover, the front of the hardcover? Yeah, that's... that's that's the hardcover, the uh, the without the that's the uh, the dust jacket, and then yeah. you take it off, and it's it's all very hell and yeah. classy and stuff. And then there's, there's even cool. there's even a quote from uh, Fletcher on the back. Is there? If I can, yeah. Dirk uh. Fletcher, <laughs> the Seven Samurai meets Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon by Dirk Fletcher, author of Paternus. Nice. <laughs> and then there's, there's also the one above it made me want to watch martial arts movies again by Michael R. Ashton. <laughs> <laughs> They'll never know. Yeah, classic. Uh, classic. Um, sorry, yeah, so, I know we're not meant to be doing that joke anymore, but tough. No, no, it's, it's, <laughs> it's fine later in the episode once people actually know our real names. We can we can crack around on that joke as much as we want. But yeah, check out the um check out the newsletter, check out Spirits of Vengeance tomorrow. Exciting couple of days coming up, really, for uh, for listeners of the show. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening or watching, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Oh, yeah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.